The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads ensure you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drives so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. Whether you're tailgating out in the dirt lot, Carter Finley, shout out Carter Finley, or whether you're whitewater rafting, taking the entire family on an adventurous trip, maybe you're out camping at Mount Rogers, I used to go as a kid, I wish my parents had a Hyundai Santa Fe, the Hyundai Santa Fe is perfect for your family outing, learn more about the all new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com, call 562-314-4603 for complete details. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast, CBS Sports Daily NFL Podcast. I'm Will Brinson. I'm your host. It is time to talk some DFS up in this piece or some such like that. Uh, before we do that, though, I should remind you, if you want to win a 65-inch television and a power station, courtesy of me, me, technically CBS and the Pick 6 Podcast, but uh, it is a 65-inch television giveaway and a power station giveaway it is a free contest to enter. I don't know what you have to do, but if you go to cbssports.com slash pick six giveaway, P-I-C-K-S-I-X-G-I-V-E-A-W-A-Y, pick six giveaway, you can enter to win for free. A 65-inch television. Uh, the giveaway ends October 25th. So if you listen to this podcast on the reg, go get rewarded for having me pumped into your ears every single day with a 65-inch television. And uh, so go check that out. Let's get to the DFS. I don't even know if I was supposed to read that promo or not. Uh, anyway, Heath Cummings, Frank Sample, joining us today. Frank, first time on the podcast. Thanks for coming on. And uh, people want to see it on YouTube.com slash pick six. Frank, is, his entire backdrop is coated in Yankees crap. And not just Yankees crap, but the giant cutout of Derek F. and Jeter. What do you do? This is a troll job of me? What's going on here? Yeah. Look, this is all I got going for me. I'm a Yankees, Knicks, and unfortunately... Jets fan. So this Ooh. is literally all I have going for me in life. And hey, man, give some respect to Derek Jeter. He just got the Miami Marlins to the playoffs. So <laughs> Derek Jeter is uh, the single most overrated defender in baseball history, right, Heath? That's the most overrated fat I've ever seen. <laughs> um, you know, it's hard to like the Yankees if you like any other baseball team. What are you going to do? No, that's fine. I, I agree wholeheartedly. If I was not a Yankees fan, I would probably hate them too. Is that a uh, Michael Jordan situation going on over there? Or is that the John Starks dunk? Yeah, so that's the John Starks dunk. I actually okay. got an autograph by him in a bar. He was randomly there. I didn't even plan it. It just turned out it was like meet John Starks night in a bar. Like, oh, I thought you were like walking around with the John Starks poster and you're like, oh, look, John Starks in a bar. Cool. He's no, it was like the first day this bar opened. I walk in. John Starks is there. He's signing pictures of himself dunking on the bulls and it just so happens adam azer has the same exact picture hanging up behind him we didn't even plan it it just happened this way ah, i bet the fantasy football today podcast or whatever whatever show you guys do together just delightful to watch uh heath what's going yeah. on man? how you doing it's uh it's a it's a it's a weird time will um, you know, we're trying to figure out who's gonna be playing this sunday who is actually on the main slate who's not on the main slate Sounds like the Steelers and Titans. Good news if you play regular fantasy on CBS, even if they play Tuesday. That's going to count towards your week four production. We'll just extend week four one extra day. But they will not be doing that in DFS, and the Steelers and Titans will not be playing on Sunday, so we can scratch that one off the list. Yeah, they will be playing Monday or Tuesday, which means that I assume DraftKings and FanDuel will be able to adjust. I mean, it's pretty easy to adjust that sort of stuff. You just press a button, slide something Delete around, I'm sure. But there'll either be a two-game slate on Monday that people can play or an extra showdown slate on Tuesday, which is kind of fun. The idea right. of playing and a showdown NFL like, slate on Tuesday. They're going to play like they're going to play Monday or Tuesday, assuming there's no more positive tests. Yeah, but it 
yeah, I mean, they, there could be more positive tests, but they have been through at least one cycle of testing with only one additional positive. Now. Right. So the virus is weird. We I just think back to the Cardinals, like it was like every day for two weeks, they had one more guy that had it that didn't have it before. Mm, that's true. It's, it's weird like that. It's almost like it's contagious. It's, it's strange. Yeah. Uh, if I'm glancing away during this podcast, if you're watching a video, my apologies. The Braves are playing the Reds. A noon baseball playoff game takes us back to the halcyon days of uh, NBA playoffs at noon every single day. And maybe we'll get a little NFL at noon. Maybe they'll throw that puppy on at 1 o'clock on Monday to, to fit in the broadcast window. Who knows? Uh, anyway, Vikings-Texans does appear on track to play. Yeah. From a DFS perspective, will you engage, avoid Play it by ear. How will you handle that game? I am currently planning on treating that like every other game. Okay. Frank? Yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense, and, and there's a lot of players to be excited about here, right? Deshaun Watson had this nightmare of a schedule to open the season, and he's only $6,600. He's the eighth-highest-priced quarterback, so I think there's a lot of value there, and obviously, you know, Will Fuller at 5900 like the running backs in that game as well. So, yeah, I'd be treating it normally, and I'd, I'd probably be attacking it as well from a DFS perspective. Mm, do you, ownership could actually be down, right? Because I would think people would – because I, I have to imagine there are some people who set a bunch of lineups on Thursday or Friday and, you know, you double, you know what I mean? Like, you're just not like, you're not spending your entire professional hour leading up to the one o'clock kick diving into the lineups, which means they may be like, ah, I don't want to risk it. So I'm not going to mess with that. Right. I, Maybe not. I don't, I don't think that will have an effect, but it could, it could. The over under for that game is high. It's like, like it, the people it, that were, I, I would just say this, the people who were setting their lineups on Thursday or Friday for a FanDuel contest and not checking back. Probably we're not competing against uh, anybody that was trying to make money anyway. Okay, fair enough. Yeah. I mean, but they might be in the millionaire maker or whatever. I mean, you never know. Yeah. Oh, yeah, there could be some for yeah. sure. Um, so Vikings-Texans high total. I agree. I think Will Fuller's a great play there. The secondary for the Vikings is terrible. Deshaun Watson-Will Fuller stack will probably, you know, just because Russ and, and uh, Dak are on the main main slate, among some other people, will probably and, and Mahomes will probably be avoided fairly well. So that's not a – uh a terrible uh, stack to attack. Let's get to the top total game. Browns at Cowboys. Cowboys minus four and a half. The over under is 55 and a half. If you didn't play Cowboys and Seahawks last week, you didn't win any money. Heath. That's kind of the way that it worked out. And um, I kind of think it kind of feels the same with the Cowboys this week. The most interesting thing is not whether you play Cowboys stacks but which Cowboys you're going to stack with Dak Prescott. And um, like I think it really depends on which site you're on. On DraftKings, I'm probably going to play a lot more CeeDee Lamb and Dalton Schultz with Dak. On FanDuel, I'll probably have a lot more Amari Cooper, but still some Dalton Schultz. And Michael Gallup's a GPP play every week. It's just that like you can't play him in cash games because he might have 40 yards. Can I point out that I said Michael Gallup was going to go off last week? It's a great job by you. I played Michael Gallup just because you said that. Did you really? Yeah. Nice. I did too. Um, I cashed a little bit. I should have done better. I didn't stack enough. I didn't have a locket Metcalf stack. I've got to get, I got to get, I got to get, I get too far into my head on this ownership stuff, Frank. I'm like, Oh, you know, I can't have like Gallup Metcalf and locket. Like they can't all produce. And then they all produce. Yeah. It's in the DFS industry. I've seen some people call that the galaxy brain. It's like overthinking things. Yes. To a T, but yeah, look, you needed that game last week. You needed a bunch of Seahawks, Cowboys, and in this spot, look, it's hard to fade Dak Prescott right now. He has over 450 passing yards in back-to-back games. The Browns secondary is beat up as well. Greedy Williams, uh, Denzel Ward, see if they practice this week, if they're going to play. Yeah, I think Dak, Amari Cooper, obviously in play. I don't know that I would, would play Zeke in this spot just because I feel like there are a few other running backs. Like there's a lot of running back value this week. And even Dalvin Cook, who's like $200 cheaper. So I don't know that I would be targeting him. I think CeeDee Lamb for sure as a GPP play. Love the Dalton Schultz call. Uh, Kareem Hunt potentially in GPP as well, because if the Browns are playing from behind, we probably see more of him, which should lead to more, to more targets. He actually leads Cleveland in red zone opportunities this season. Oddly enough, and I did not, I was not aware of any injury he had. He did not practice on Wednesday. So if he has the questionable tag next to his name and still plays, that will even help drive his, his roster rate down even lower. So I don't, I don't know that there's like, it might just be a veteran rest day. I don't know, but he, I did see that he popped up as not practicing on Wednesday. Mm, that's concerning. Um, Zeke, 
I feel like this is going to be a shootout. I don't know. I'm going to have a hard time playing Zeke. Yeah. Unless Michael Thomas is back. But if Michael Thomas is not back, I, I, I really struggle with why would I play Zeke over Alvin Kamara when Alvin Kamara without Michael Thomas is basically like Superman Christian McCaffrey. <laughs> That's a good point. I mean, he's got what, like 28 catches in the last two weeks? He, he's averaging nine per week, per game. Their entire offense is Drew Brees looking deep, being too scared to throw it, and then dumping off to Alvin Kamara over the middle. Like, that's all their offense is. But I'm sure the Lions will figure out a way to scheme that. Yeah, Matt Patricia's will be all over that. Although, he, he did break the Rams. He did break Sean McVay a few years ago. So, like, that's the one thing he's done. Yeah. Um, What do you think about a Baker-Odell stack? I like Odell in this spot. Like if you're talking about just you want to bring back in this game, if you're playing Dak and Amari Cooper or Dak and CeeDee Lamb or Schultz, I think Schultz, again, is a great play. I think uh, Odell Beckham, as they bring back, I don't think that I could play Baker Mayfield. He's just so turnover prone. I don't know that his ceiling, even if he's chasing points, is anywhere near like, you know, all these other quarterbacks we're going to talk about, including Ryan Fitzpatrick. I can't believe like we're doing that, but hey, it's week four of 2020. Uh, but, yeah, I don't, I don't mind Odell Beckham, especially at his price. I believe he's like 5,900. That's, Wow. It's pretty low for Odell Beckham. It's very low. Yeah, if you don't like Odell. I don't really. Um, I, I don't know that the Browns can't stay in this game by running. And they certainly can't stop Dallas, so it makes sense to me that they're going to try their best to stay in this game by running. If they fall behind, I think Beckham could pay off. I don't think it's a bad play, and I think I think a lot of people will put him in their Dallas decks for sure. Um, I just, man, I still don't trust Baker Mayfield, and I know what they want to do, which is not throw. Okay, fair enough. Seahawks at Dolphins. The over-under here, 54-and-a-half. Seahawks are six-and-a-half-point favorites on the road in Miami. Russell Wilson, 7,800. I have to assume that Russell Wilson having – uh, established a 74 touchdown pace three weeks into the season is indeed, uh, your top, uh, your top priced quarterback and probably will be the top rostered quarterback even in, um, a, a week when there is a ton of options out there. I, I mean, it's how like they're letting him co- Oh, Lamar is actually the top quarterback on, on DraftKings. Excuse me. 8,100. Uh, Russ, 7,800. Mahomes, 7,400. Josh Allen, 7,300. Dak, 7,200. Do you, do you agree that Russ will be the top rostered guy? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I also think I might fade him. Ooh, spicy. You Is don't, that spicy? Yeah. You don't think they're going to let him cook some paella down on South Beach? I think he'll cook and he'll be good. Um, I'm not sure. First off, I'm a little bit concerned about Seattle in this spot. Just because three and O making literally the longest flight that an NFL team can make. Um, I just don't love it. And I really think Lamar has the bounce back. Dak is for me projected for more points than Dak this week. And I want to play some Joe Burrow, spoiler alert. So I, I think I might fade Russ, which is famous last words. Frank. Uh, yeah, no, I could see why, but you know, if Chris Carson's out, I think that could also lead to more volume for Russell Wilson, which is crazy to say, right? Like he's on pace for 549 pass attempts, which would be the second most of his career. So yeah, look, it's dangerous to fade him in this spot. I, I don't, I don't think that I, I would, unless of course you're playing Ryan Fitzpatrick and it's crazy to say like Ryan Fitzpatrick's $5,400. He's cheaper than Tyrod Taylor, who is not playing this week. And I know it seems like a potential letdown spot just because it's Ryan Fitzpatrick, but the Seattle, Seahawks defense is awful. They are allowing 439 passing yards per game. They, they've given up like already over a thousand receiving yards or yards to receivers. It's week three. Like that's, that's incredible. That's incredible. I mean, like the, the numbers they're giving up to wide receivers are out of control. So would you, are you stacking Ryan Fitzpatrick this week? <laughs> well, I think Devontae Parker, I think your lineups like start with Devontae Parker this week, which. Again, it's like I understand we're putting faith in the, the the Dolphins and Ryan Fitzpatrick getting the ball to him, but Devontae Parker has now had 10 days to rest up that hamstring, and he's going up against this Seahawks secondary, which has been atrocious, and he is $5,700. So I think your lineups at least, at the least, start with Devontae Parker, and if you want to stack him with Ryan Fitzpatrick, I, I don't think it's crazy. 
Keith, that feels like a contrarian play you would get down with. Yeah, I don't know. I I don't think Fitzmagic will be contrarian. Um, I think he might be the chalkiest cheap quarterback. I okay. think he might, he's probably the best cheap play. I agree with Frank on that, which that's the problem. A lot of times I can guess ownership by just looking at my projections on Friday. Like whoever the guys I have projected for the most points and the best value are probably going to be the guys who are rostered the most. Um, and so if it's magic's not contrarian, then it'll, Parker will have a hard time being contrarian. Okay. Interesting. Ryan Fitzpatrick, the chalk. I, I don't that know coming? that, but I like amongst cheap quarterbacks, that would be my guess for this week. This is a really screwed up year. Uh, lock, I, guess, I mean, like if you fade Russ, do you fade Lockett and Metcalf too? I don't think I could. No. Okay. So you, but you're not going to be like a hundred percent Lockett and Metcalf. Right? No, not at all. And I don't like, I think it's important to recognize like the way that DK Metcalf is producing fantasy points right now. He is going to have a week. He's going to have a dud. He has a dud. A real dud. Like I still 25 yards per catch. Right. I still don't think DK Metcalf is a cash game play. Okay. Metcalf is more than Stefan Diggs, more than Allen Robinson, more than Amori Cooper, more than Cooper Cup, more than Adam Thielen. He is the, if you assume that Michael Thomas, if Michael Thomas plays, then Metcalf is the fifth high, highest price wide receiver at 6,800 and Lockett is the third highest at 7,000. Lockett feels a little bit safer, right? Uh, yeah, for sure. And I think Lockett may actually be, um, no, he's about 600 more on FanDuel. FanDuel. So, yeah. Well, and I would assume that if people are, you know, people get down to their last, you know, when you're, when you're finagling those final end of the lineups, Frank, you know, and you're like, all right, well, I can either go Lockett or Metcalf. And I can save 200 bucks with Metcalf. Like you're going to see a higher roster rate for Metcalf, right? I, I don't know about that. Okay. I, still, I think most people still realize that Lockett has not only the safer floor, but I think he has the higher ceiling as well. I mean, we just saw it in week three, right? Oh, he did catch three touchdowns. 100 right? yards and three touchdowns, right? Uh, and he plays out of the slot. I know that DK Metcalf did it against Stephon Gilmore a couple of weeks ago. Uh, but Xavier Howard is still on this team and he's still pretty damn good. So I, I would lean towards Lockett even if you're just deciding between one of them. And I will just throw out there Mike Gusecki as a GPP contrarian play if if Jamal Adams is out, just because we know what Gusecki's upside could be. I like Gusecki a lot. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good call. He's, he is really, t- I mean, like I knew he's athletic coming out of whatever crap school he came out of. Um, but I think that, you know, he, you're not a Penn State guy too, are you Frank? No, 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 no. Gusecki is Penn State, right? I believe so. I I'm trolling. No I'm trolling you over here. That is a yes. Okay. I thought so. Um, Anyway, yeah, I mean, like, he had the, the spark numbers and all that and tested really well at the combine, but he's, fl- I mean, the last couple of weeks he has flashed some, like, crazy athleticism. So I, I'm down with that play too. Saints at Lions. The Saints are minus four on the road despite losing to the Packers last week. The over in here, 54. Alvin Kamara, the top price guy. And man, it is kind of hard to get away from him. I don't know how you could if Michael Thomas is out or why you would want to, frankly. If Michael Thomas plays, Frank, is there a case that Kamara might be even better if only because there could be less roster rate? I don't know that he can be better, but <laughs> I will say I think that he can be sneakier from a DFS perspective. That's, I guess that's what I meant. Yeah, I think most people will see, like, if Michael Thomas plays, they're going to obviously, like, lower the ceiling overall for Alvin Kamara. But against this Lions defense, he still might have a massive ceiling. Like, we saw what Aaron Jones did against his defense, and they're allowing, like, over six yards per carry. And even in week one with Michael Thomas playing, Alvin Kamara saw eight targets. So, look, he's not going to see the double-digit targets, likely, if Michael Thomas plays here. Uh, Heath, I'll throw it back your way. I mean, you've kind of been off, you know, Kamara, if, if Michael Thomas plays. But I feel like he m- might still be really good, even if Thomas does play in the spot. Yeah, I, I wouldn't necessarily – I wouldn't feel compelled to have him everywhere. If Michael Thomas plays, I wouldn't want to flat out fade him and I would still expect he would be, but I probably would have Zeke projected higher on, on FanDuel. Kamara's $200 more than Elliot. So I'd probably just kind of sw- swap to Zeke for the most part on DraftKings. I'd still want to have quite a bit of Kamara. Okay. Uh, what else from this game? But the, you know, the St. Stevens is supposed to be good, but nobody's defense is good and they got lit up by the Packers on deep balls, which leads me to believe that. Matthew Stafford and Kenny Galladay could have a nice little outing here. Yeah, they're in play. Um, I, you know, the narrative street play for this game. 
every time Adrian Peterson plays a former team. Oh, that's right. He does score against him. And we're getting, like, DeAndre Swift is now a special teams player, so that got that out of the way. Um, Boy, that Adrian Peterson really flipped season-long fantasy leagues on his head, huh? Yeah. Um, Hawkinson would be probably my favorite lion. Okay. Um, because I do think like they're not going to shut down Galladay, but they're Lattimore. I still think is pretty good. Okay. Uh, anybody for the lions, Frank, for you? Yeah. I like the Hawkins call a lot. He actually ran 35 routes last week on 39 QB dropbacks. That was a season high for him. Um, and so I think there, I think there is a chance there for Hawkinson. I worry about Galladay in the spot because we saw what the Saints did last week against MVS. They basically like bracketed him and did not let him do anything. I guess because of that, he, it probably makes for a contrarian play, but, uh, anything like cash related, I am not going anywhere near Kenny Galladay. Right, what about Marvin Jones? Would you go, I mean, cause like Lazard had his way in the, through the secondaries of the wide receiver too, I guess. Yeah, that's not a bad call actually. And Marvin Jones is $4,900. So super cheap. Yeah, that's, I think especially in a GPP, that's not a bad call on Marvin Jones. I, the one thing I would worry about too is that I don't think the pace for the Saints is quite as fast as people think. Like no. I know that, I know that the, you know, the, the over under here is high. I mean, it's 54 or whatever, but like I feel like the Saints are, even if they bring back Michael Thomas, like they're more than willing to be methodical, run the ball, chew up clock, dink and dunk. You know, and they, they kind of had to speed up a little bit because the Packers were taking shots, but the Lions aren't exactly as high octane up to the right. team either. Might be an under here. Uh, Pats at Chiefs, Chiefs minus seven over under 53. Heath, uh, are you going to, um, go, you know, you like the Chiefs. They just murdered the Ravens on Monday night football. I can't imagine they'll be popular here. Yeah. I mean, listen, I still get a little bit queasy about playing a Bill Belichick defense. Um, and I should have been more queasy about Darren Waller last week than I was because they just completely shut him down. They can't do that to Travis Kelsey because obviously what we saw on Monday Night Football, Tyreek Hill and Nicole Hardman and Clyde Edwards Lair. I, my favorite play from the Chiefs side is probably Clyde. I don't want to play a Patriots running back. I don't mind Cam. Um, he's certainly a better value than Mahomes is in terms of points per dollar in my projections, but. I just don't love this game. <laughs> and it's 50, like, it's a 53 and a half. But how many games do we have this week with an over under over 50? Like, this is the highest seven? turtles I've ever seen in my entire, I've been covering the NFL for 10 years. Highest total week I've ever seen. Yeah. So the 53. Well, the, and, 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 did you guys see, by the way, um, the article from, uh, Kevin Seifert at ESPN? No. So in its entire 100 year history, the NFL has never opened a season on the kind of scoring tear we've seen in 2020. And the reason he, uh, he points out is that, uh, they have through the first 48 games of 2020, officials have thrown flags for 95 offensive holding penalties. That is 59% fewer than in 2019 when they were operating under instructions to increase such penalties and 45% lower than the previous five year average. At the same time, flags for defensive pass interference have risen 22% from 2019, the most of the league, league three weeks since 2001. Um, and despite the increase in pass interference, the league's current average of 13.63 flags per game is its lowest through three weeks since 2001. In other words, Walt Anderson, who is now deeply embedded in the uh, VP of the officiating office, has said he's a new VP of training and, and development. Has basically said we're not throwing like we're making football more fun because these guys are, didn't get preseason. Let's stop calling hold. Like don't be don't call ticky tack holds. It's not more fun for defensive linemen. No, 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 no. And you see like <laughs> clips all the time, like a defensive lineman breaking through and he's being like gripped by three like linemen from behind. Like they just don't call holding as much anymore. It's great for fantasy. I mean, I had more points. Yeah. More fun, right? Yeah. That's great. But I mean, I'm just saying it's like, you know, I mean, does it, does it make you, does it alter your approach to certain games where you think what, what I wrote in this week's quarterback preview, because I was noting that, um, we got six quarterbacks, five quarterbacks averaging 30 points a game. Um, it's taken 25 fantasy points to be a top 12 quarterback basically every week. Used to be that 20 was awesome. Uh, 20 has been about 18th every week. So like it's one of those rising tide lifts all ships type of thing. 
Okay. Uh, I don't. I don't know that it necessarily. Ch- like the one thing I would say is with defenses, you're basically just looking for teams that might get a bunch of turnovers because right. nobody's getting the bonuses for low score totals, low yardage totals, unless they're playing the Jets. Right, and I don't think we're going to see a massive correction in point scoring or penalties called. Like I think this will be. They could flip the switch at some point, but I don't think they're going to do it. People are loving football. People are watching a ton of football. No one is complaining about the refs with a rare exception of like a couple of primetime games. Like I, I think there's a good chance they're going to let the, let the guys play for a while. Uh, anybody else from this game, Frank, that you want to add to? Sorry, I didn't even. I got no, it. no. It's, uh, uh, I think if James White is out, you can look back to Rex Burkett. Obviously, he's like sub 5K on DraftKings. Uh, if you do want some cheap exposure to the Chiefs, Sammy Watkins is 4,400. He's playing a ton of snaps. He plays in the slot as well, so he's been dominating there. I agree with Heath. I do like Clyde Edwards-Elair. I worry a little bit about Travis Kelsey. In his last four games against the New England Patriots, he has been held under 70 yards in each of those. He's only scored one touchdown total in those four games. So I worry a little bit that Belichick, you know, again, creates a game plan to try and stop Travis Kelsey. And I think Cam Newton, from a GPP perspective, uh, does have a lot of upside. We saw, you know, if he's chasing points, we saw his upside uh, in week two against the Seahawks. Nearly 400 yards, you know, two rushing touchdowns as well. So only from a GPP perspective. I also think that Cam is a good play here in the sense that the formula for beating, like, look, the Chiefs have figured out how to beat the Ravens. You get up on them, and then you make Lamar work for it. The formula for beating the Chiefs is there. We've seen it over the last two years, is you have to turn it into a slugfest. You have to pass, you have to rush Mahomes. You have to minimize their shots down the field. You can't blitz him. And you grind out long drives and make him like, all right, if he doesn't get, if he doesn't score on a possession, it becomes that much more important. We saw it with the Texans last year and the Colts last year. So I think that's what Belichick will try and do with Cam. I would assume he's not going to engage in a shootout because that doesn't seem very smart. Right, but the, I think the question is, like, that's great if it works early in the game. But what do you do when you're down 17-3 to in the second quarter? You have to wing it with Cam. Right. So, yeah, I I, I like Cam. Um, I think people will be off Edelman after last week. And it's weird. Like, we were talking about this earlier today. Have you looked at the average depth of target for Julian Edelman and Nikhil Harry? They're like running go routes. Right? It's, well, no. Edelman's is like 12.7 yards per target, which is enormous and much higher than it's ever been. He's like usually five yards per target. Nikhil Harry's 6.3. Oh, that's crazy. Like they just swapped their roles or something. That's very bizarre. Edelman is like, like he set a career high in receiving yards with Cam. It's the Seahawks. It's insane. I, I don't know what it means. And maybe they'll change it this back this week. I, I don't know. The Patriots are not a team that, and this applies over the course of history, but certainly applies right now with Cam at quarterback. Not a team you can predict what they're going to do from a week-to-week basis. Correct. All right, let's take a break. When we come back, we'll run through the rest of the games. The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. All right, Cardinals at Panthers. I mean, just keep going with these over-unders that are over 50. Vegas is trying to catch up. I don't... I don't know how you can take the, I don't, some of these games, I don't know how you can take the under. Like, I just don't know how you can bet on the under with some of these games because they're just going to be scoring. There's not a whole lot of defense right now. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins has been outstanding for fantasy owners. If you drafted him in the second or third round, kudos to you. You are rolling. And, uh, Kyler Murray has been awesome. Even though he had a bad game against the Lions, he still finds the end zone every time. Heath, is this a stackable game for you? It's, oh, it's absolutely a stackable game. And I think like Kyler is going to be chalk, obviously. Um, I, I kind of like Teddy a little bit. 
on the opposite side of that, just because like I, I said, I think Fitzmagic's going to be the, uh, the chalky cheap quarterback. Teddy Bridgewater is like seventh in the NFL in passing yards for the season. He's seventh in the NFL in yards per pass attempt. He just hasn't scored any touchdowns. He's got a 1.9% touchdown rate. No quarterback since 2000 has thrown 500 passes with a touchdown rate below 2%. Mm. That's going to regress. He's going to throw more touchdowns. So I, I will go right back to DJ Moore. I don't dislike Robbie Anderson. Mike Davis is probably going to be a little bit chalky. I don't, what's his price on DraftKings? He's like 6,100 or 6,200 on FanDuel. I believe he's 5,700, 57. On drafting. So that's not, like, that's not as good of deal, but I still kind of like it. Yeah, I don't, I don't see how you could fade Mike Davis. Like, he's definitely in play. I mean, regardless, cash, GBP doesn't matter because, I mean, nine targets with the full PPR on DraftKings last week for Mike Davis. He had 21 touches. He was used in the red zone a ton. So I think he has to be in play. DJ Moore let us down last week, but, I mean, if you look at what the Cardinals have done against number one wide receivers, they have struggled. Kenny Galladay had a big game his first game back, 57 yards and a touchdown. Terry McLaurin over 125, uh, over 120 yards and a touchdown in week two. It just depends, like, who is the Panthers wide receiver one right now? Because Robbie Anderson is seeing a lot of targets as well. So I think both of those guys are in play, but I do think that DJ Moore's ceiling is probably higher. I would anticipate that you see Patrick Peterson on Robbie Anderson. I don't know if that's good or bad, like, Patrick Peterson hadn't had our coworker Patrick Peterson hadn't had two outstanding weeks or anything, but like the, DJ Moore is just not a matchup you would see him on a shadow situation. More, but but again, this is another team. It's kind of like what I was saying about the Patriots. DJ Moore is running a lot more deep routes than Robbie Anderson is right now. DJ that, Moore is responsible for like thirty percent of the Panthers' targets and forty nine percent of their air yards. Hmm. Everything to Robbie Anderson's underneath. I don't. That does not make any sense. But that's what they've done so far. Um, I do think with Hopkins, like if there's no Michael Thomas and like even if Julio plays, they are on not on the main slate. Even if Devontae Adams plays, they're not on the main slate. Like there's a four or five point difference in projections between DeAndre Hopkins and any other wide receiver on this slate. It's really hard not to play him. Mm. Carolina secondary. Not as bad as people think, but their defense is atrocious. You can move it on them. Yeah, and I yeah. think maybe the Chargers not doing that could sort of fool some people into thinking Carolina's frisky. Like Arizona should be able to light these guys up pretty easily. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Kenyon Drake, interest? No interest? Uh, uh, I want to like Kenyon Drake. He is. <laughs> on paper, it's a fantastic matchup. He's 6K on DraftKings as well. The problem is he's not seeing a lot of targets because Kyler Murray, whenever anything breaks down, he just takes off and runs. So he's not targeting Kenyon Drake much. And then whenever they get down near the goal line, Kyler Murray just runs it in anyway. So you're taking away target volume and you're taking away high value touches in the red zone from Kenyon Drake. So it kind of limits his overall upside. He's playing 68% of the snaps. So that's not a bad thing. And it's a really good matchup, but I, I he has been so disappointing. Yeah. I don't think well, his upside is very high because of Kyler being his quarterback. Right. And like, this is going to sound ridiculous, but how could you play Kenyon Drake when he's only like $300 more than Mike Davis? Exactly. <laughs> That's not ridiculous, <laughs> but it's not wrong. Like, like Mike Davis had, and the thing about Mike Davis's game last week against the Chargers is you could chalk it up as an aberration and maybe be a little concerned about Curtis Samuel being in the backfield some. But as soon as Christian McCaffrey got hurt, he had eight targets the week before. So, I mean, like clearly they're going to use the running back in the pass game. I mean, it, it, Teddy's, you know, not chunk it. He doesn't chunk it downfield very efficiently. Maybe that's the concern with DJ Moore is that Teddy doesn't throw downfield very well. You know, if you're running deep routes in a Teddy Bridgewater offense, you're going to need to get lucky or get a coverage bus probably. Yeah. That, that could be true. Bills at Raiders. I, I mean, imagine traveling back in time and telling somebody this over under 52. <laughs> throw you in an insane asylum is, but maybe we're all living in an insane asylum right now anyway. And we just don't it, realize it. Is the Bills defense good? No one's defense is good. Um, no one's okay. defense is good. Okay. I think defenses will start getting better in like week maybe four. I like, I, I'm not ever going to tell people to fade Josh Allen again. Um, <laughs> so we'll start with that. Ah. I really like Devin Singletary. Um, assuming Zach, Zach Moss, Moss is back not at back. practice. I, I thought Moss was pr at practice on Wednesday. Like limited? Hopefully, 
I think he's just back. Mm, okay. Well, then I don't like him that much. The Raiders have given up more fantasy points to running backs than any other team this season. Mm. Their defense, their defense is bad. Like I said, play Josh Allen. I'm seeing on Twitter full uniform practice for Zach Moss. Hmm. Are you see? I don't know that the Bills will slow down Las Vegas. Now, the, this this uh, I believe uh, Pat Thorman, who does the uh, snaps and pace article at Establish the Run, pointed out on Twitter that secretly the Raiders are uh, like eat up a ton of clock and don't offer a lot of pace from the other team. Yeah, but it does feel like the Raiders have sort of tricked whoever they play into being in a shootout. Yeah, I just don't know. Like, I guess you're talking about playing Darren Waller and Hunter Renfro, but we saw what the Bills did once they got their linebackers back to Tyler Higby. Yes. Like, I, I just don't know. Like, unless you're playing Josh Jacobs, I don't know who you want to play from the Raiders. Rugs and Edwards are likely out. Daryl Henderson still ran the ball really well against. He did. He did with with those two linebackers back. So Jacobs a go. Frank no. Yes. Yeah, I just think the other running backs that are in that range and just cheaper options, right? Like we just spoke about Mike Davis. Like, why wouldn't you just play Mike Davis in a full PPR for much cheaper than you would Josh Jacobs? I like the Hunter Renfro call. Renfro call. He is sub five k, and the Bills have struggled against some slot receivers. Cooper Cup just had a big game in week three. Jamison Crowder, although it was on a broken play, did score in week one as a slot receiver of the Jets. So I think Renfro is in play here. I'm a little worried about the Bills in this spot. I think it could be a letdown spot for them coming off big comeback win. Uh, well, I guess. The Rams came back and then they fought him off. But traveling across the country, I'm not going to say fade Josh Allen, but like, I'm a little worried about the Bills. Okay. I, Josh Allen just runs in the red zone though. Like that's the problem. He's like Kyler Murray. You can get a, a kind of a bad game from him. He's still going to score because he runs in the red zone. Yeah. And apparently now he's a fantastic passer too. Without completing 70% of his passes. What the hell is happening? 2020 is screwed up at 9.1 yards per attempt too. It's wild. And the Raiders don't slow him down. Three straight games over 300 passing yards after having zero in like his first two. Is he going to be the most owned quarterback this week? I think it'll be Russ. I think so, Russ. Russ and then Allen. Unless it's, yeah, I don't know. Like, I mean, we'll get to Lamar in a second, but Lamar is going to be right. And that's the thing. There's so many options there. If if there's nobody over 15%, do we really care, care who's the most rostered? Do you think that is that we've talked about it before? That's the number for quarterbacks when we're looking at who like that's that's the number I use. Like if you're below fifteen and really maybe ten would be a better number to use, but if if you're below fifteen percent, you're not really chalk. Like, yeah, maybe you're the most popular quarterback, but but if it's all five percent of the people are playing someone else. Right. Well you're still only like if your quarterback is the nuts, then you're still only against ten percent, nine percent or like, you know, nine point nine 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 percent of the field or whatever it is. I mean it's like you're not you're not having to leverage against the entire, you know, the entire field. Like if if it's everybody split up, yeah. Uh, Diggs, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I an Allen Diggs stack has been pretty good. I don't think the Raiders secondary is good, and uh, Diggs leads Buffalo with twenty five percent of their target share. Like he's been fantastic, leads them with red zone targets as well. So uh, yeah, I mean, I think people will see that little like. Three, that third next to the, uh, next to Diggs, which is like the Raiders are the third best team against wide receivers, but I think it's very misleading. Uh, so I, I don't hate that at 6,800, uh, for Savon Diggs. Okay. Uh, Jaguars at Bengals. <laughs> Again, go, <laughs> the over under is 49. I mean, how are we here? And, and this is like, oddly enough, a game with an over under of 49 is probably the sneaky stack of the week. Ooh, talk to me. Um, like I, I prefer Burrow to Minshew, but they're both in play and Minshew maybe even more so after he completely let everyone down in uh, doing his best Andy Dalton impersonation, really. And the great thing about that is when you do that in primetime, when everyone's watching, no one can hardly stomach to play you the following week. Um, so I, I like both quarterbacks. I like Tyler Boyd. I will probably run a little bit more AJ Green out there one. One more, one last time. If DJ Chark's back, you play him. Another guy who kind of crapped the bed, Lavisca Schnoltz. I, I wouldn't mind going right back to him. And both running backs are in play. How did Lavisca Schnoltz not hit his over last week? 
It was disappointing. Um, I don't real. they have, a, and I hope this changes. I think it has to change, hopefully soon. He was not really in their third down package, and he was not really in their red zone package a lot of the time. It's a problem. Yeah, he needs to be in one of those, or both preferably. He's too... He's too big. He's too talented. Like, let him, let him work. Let, let yeah. LaVisca cook. Uh, are you bringing it back with any, uh, bringing it back with any Jaguars? I'll play Shark if he plays. Okay. What do you think about uh, this game, Frank? I, I'm not as optimistic on it, I guess. Like, I don't think both defenses are good. I love James Robinson in the spot. He's, he's probably my favorite play out of anyone in this game. And I guess that's the reason why you might not want to play Josh Jacobs is because James Robinson is $300 cheaper. And he's just looked fantastic and he's being used more in the pass game now as well. Cincinnati allowing over five yards per carry, 153 rushing yards per game to opposing running backs. So, uh, yeah, I think this is a great spot for James Robinson. And I think the overall theme of this week, and we've talked about it a lot, is that there are, there are going to be a lot of quarterbacks to play. Like, I don't think there's any obvious play. Like last week it was Dak, it was Russell Wilson. There are so many fantastic quarterbacks on the main slate this week that I think your point that None of them are going to be over 15% roster rate this week uh, is a valid one. Okay. All right. Uh, Giants at Rams. Again, over under 48. It's friggin' ridiculous. The Rams mm-hmm. are minus 13. Uh, this is the survivor pick of the week for me. This is, there's not many games you can look at on the slate where you definitively know that what, like you feel really good about one team winning. Uh, this is one of them. And I think it's a, how do you not, how is Daryl Henderson not a smash button? I should have smashed him last week. I loved him last week against the Bills. They played the linebackers. I got scared. I changed some lineups. It cost me. I hate when I do that. I always do it. I should just get drunk on Saturday night, set my lineups, and then not mess with them on Sunday like I did last week. But I, I screwed around. Took- uh, disclaimer, folks listening at home, you should not get drunk on Saturday, set your lineups, and not look at them on Sunday. That, that is true. Okay. You, you can get drunk on Saturday, look at, just look at your line. Don't, I just tweet too much. I think I might have had like a million maker winner, like honestly, and then like took it out. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, who, who knows? Um, anyway, Henderson, I feel like is a smash factor here. I like him. Oh, okay. I don't, I don't, I'm not quite as enthusiastic as you are. Why not? The Giants are terrible. They're no. going to run the ball. They the makers might be back, so he might not be that highly owned. I think, I think McVay's is going to give him a rock. He's their best running back. What's his price on DraftKings? 5,800. Okay. I, and that's a, like, that's a, a little better on, on FanDuel. He's more expensive than Mike Davis. He's, um, he's more expensive than. He's a hundred more than Mike Davis on Kareem Hunt. He's, he's more expensive than Devin Singletary, which he might be out now, but yeah, I, I don't dislike it. And I, he's been very good. I, I also wonder, is Cam Akers coming back? He could be. He could be. I'm not worried about Cam Akers. Bring it on, Cam Akers. I'm not worried about Cam Akers being better than Henderson or taking his job. I'm worried about him taking six touches in the first half before they figure out who has the hot hand this week. That, that would be problematic. If Cam Akers comes back and is running really well and Sean McVay just gives him the rock and Daryl Henderson is the third down back for the day, that would be problematic. But I think of the group where it's like Kenyon Drake, Devin Singletary, Joe Mixon, Daryl Henderson, and then Mike Davis, I think there's a good chance that Henderson will be the highest scoring, the best leverage play there because I think he'll have the highest score and the lowest ownership. I don't think that's a bad call. I, I just do worry about Cam Akers being like if Cam Akers is out, then I, I agree with you. I think this is a, a great play at fifty eight hundred dollars. I mean, back to back games, right around one hundred and twenty total yards for Daryl Henderson. He's by far looked like the best running back on that team, and he played a season high forty nine percent of the snaps in week three. Outside of that, I don't really love this game overall. I mean, maybe Evan Ingram, if you're just like looking for a contrarian play, the Rams just allowed three touchdowns to Tyler Croft and Lee Smith of the Buffalo Bills, so. Mm. I think if, if they're going to throw the ball to anyone, the Giants are going to have to throw. I could see Evan Engram involved, but of course I love the Rams defense as well. Yeah. Rams defense is a good spot here. And I, I kind of like, like at least on FanDuel, Golden Tate's 5,300 and I presume Darius Slayton's going to have Jalen Ramsey on him for most of the afternoon. And so Tate targets went up last week to seven. I wouldn't be surprised if they go up a couple this week as well. I think Tate could be a good, uh, punt play at receiver. Okay. Ravens at 
the Washington football team, Ravens minus 1,300, over-under 47. Again, these over-unders are bananas. Lamar Jackson, the highest-priced quarterback at 8,100. Hollywood Brown, a massive disappointment. I lost every bet on the Monday Night Football game. Every bet, except for the under, the over that I pushed because I bought half a point. So fun night on Monday for me. Climbing out of a hole. Need to hit the million maker to salvage the week. Um, and, uh, I, I don't mind a Lamar Jackson, Hollywood Brown contrarian stack, like a sort of a let's get right against a bad team. Frank, do you think that'll be contrarian? I, I, no, I, I think a lot of people are going to go back to Lamar Jackson. You think so? People are going to think the exact way that we are thinking right now. <laughs> I do have a very chalky brain, so it's possible that that's like. Yeah, like I'm, I'm probably going to have 20% of Lamar Jackson. He's okay. my highest projected quarterback on the slate. So, um, I will, I think like one guy who might be, I don't know. I, I would not be surprised if people just go right back to Andrews and Brown too. Brown was the one I wasn't sure. He might be a little bit contrarian. Okay. So you think Lamar is just going to be as popular as ever? I, 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 I I'm going to disagree. And I mean, okay. like you guys are better at this than I am. So I, I mean, I'll take your word for it, but I just think that you're building a lineup and you can go with $8,100 Lamar Jackson or $7,800 Russell Wilson, $7,400 Mahomes, $7,300 Jared Allen, $7,200 Dak or $7,000 Kyler. And while Lamar has a great matchup because the Washington football team is terrible, you can save up to $1,100 on a, on quarterbacks who all of them run, all of them put up huge numbers, all of them have great stack options, and and they all have great matchups this week. Like I just think Lamar, I don't think people are going to pay for Lamar. I think that that is probably sound logic, but <laughs> what if other people have the same exact logic? Again, like I'm, I might just be chalky as hell. Like I, I don't know. Uh, it makes sense. And again, like just because he's the highest rostered quarterback this week, does it really make a difference? Because again, I think I think that we are going to see, you know. A symbol like there's not going to be just one quarterback that's like far yeah. rostered than the rest. Right? I want to clarify. I do, I don't think Lamar Jackson will be the most rostered quarterback. Right. I I just think he will be in that group of four or five that is in the ten to fifteen percent range. Okay. If you go Lamar, Andrews, Kamara, and Hopkins, that leaves you thirty eight eighty to play with on draft. I'm just saying, but like those are like but, my my point is like, would you rather go with Lamar and be able to like you're gonna have to struggle to fit Kamara and Hopkins in, or you can go with Kyler and then you get your Hopkins stack and then add like Darren Waller at fifty two hundred and you've got forty two sixty left to play with for the rest of the position. I'm just saying that's a that's a huge amount of wiggle room. It is, yeah. Okay. Well, we will see. So are you selling us on playing Lamar or on not? I say play Lamar. Yes. I think people will be like you're trying to convince us that other people will not. I think that I think that the general public will veer away from Lamar more this week than you would anticipate. Okay. I hope you're right cuz I'm going to play Lamar. Yeah, I think I think people would be like, eh, "Did you see Monday?" I mean, Monday night is fresh, man. Maybe I'm the idiot. Maybe I'm <laughs> What is it, what is it they say in rounders? If you if you can't see the like if you can't spot the square in the room for the first 30 minutes, you're probably the square. What is it? It's not square. The mark yeah. yeah. If you can't spot the mark, if you're, if, you, if you're at the table for an hour and you can't spot the mark, you're probably the mark. Um, been here for a while now. Colts minus two and a half at the Bears. The over-under is 45. Allen Robinson, the top price player, 6,700. Jonathan Taylor, 6,600. Nick, Fo- Nick Foles is higher priced than Philip Rivers. This is outrageous. It's preposterous. He did a pretty good Philip Rivers impersonation in the second half of that, uh, Bears Falcons game. Just throw it up and pray it goes through their hands and to your to your player. And it did. It did. Um, I, I, I don't. I don't think you should actually play Philip Rivers at all because nope. uh, I don't believe that he has attempted. So week one, he attempted thirty six passes. He has not attempted. Oh no, excuse me, forty six. He has not attempted more than twenty five cents, and that I believe is what the Colts want to be. So I would not invest personally in the Colts passing game here. I would agree with that wholeheartedly. Frank, thoughts on Bears, Nick Foles, Allen Robinson's stack? Uh, not not very excited about anybody on the Bears side. Like, I'm still trying to figure out how good the Colts defense actually is. I mean, they've had some pretty 
favorable matchups, obviously, against like Sam Darnold and the Jets. So I'm trying to figure out like how good their defense actually is. I think on the other side, Jonathan Taylor is obviously in play. He is 6,600. He didn't necessarily smash like he was supposed to last week based on the game flow. But I would imagine this game being a little bit more competitive, and Chicago is actually allowing like 4.9 yards per carry to opposing running backs this season. So I do like Jonathan Taylor. If I'm if I'm looking at one bear, and this is going to sound gross, Jimmy Graham. I, oh, you're going to say Jimmy Graham, aren't you? Jimmy Graham. Oh, boy. <laughs> he had 10 targets in week three. He's being used in the red zone. He scored two touchdowns. He ran 44 routes, 28 of those in the slot. He leads Chicago in red zone targets. Nick Foles likes to use the tight end. It's gross, but Jimmy Graham? <laughs> Jimmy Graham. I like the way you said it with a question mark. Yeah. Anchorman style. I I got a hypothesis, and it, I don't know if it works because the teams that they played are terrible, but what if the Colts' defense is good? We thought the Colts' defense was really good before the year. Yeah, I, I did. I mean, I thought they it was going to be good. Ter- really not qu- good at all against Jacksonville. I, I don't – I think that that is a – Hey, it's week 10. What the hell happened in week one throwout game? I don't think you can look at that game as something we base our fundamental decisions on at, at this point, seeing right. what we've seen from Jacksonville in different spots and really moving forward. Like I, I, I don't, I just don't think that's them. Okay. So I'm off the bears this week. No thanks. I, I probably like Montgomery the best of the Bears. Um, and I do think that like it, it will be interesting to see what happens to his target share without Tariq Cohen. Okay. Uh, Chargers at the Buccaneers. Buccaneers minus seven and a half. The over under 43 and a half. Now we're in the dregs. Uh, the Bucks, Keith, they, they do have a good defense. I feel confident in saying that. Yes. They're locking people down. Um, but. Will they be able to lock down Austin Eckler, who's revived since Justin Herbert entered the lineup? Yeah, I I like Eckler okay. I like I like the Bucks defense might be one of my favorite plays mm. in this uh in this game. But yeah, I think Eckler is uh he's definitely my favorite Chargers play. Frank, are you interested in Keenan Allen at all, who has also seen a robust target share, which I'm sure you have more interesting numbers than I do on uh, since since Herbert entered the entered the game. Yeah, he has a 37% target share over the past two games with Justin Herbert, which is just ridiculous. Completely revived his his value there. And I understand Tampa Bay is a pretty good defense. Uh, but, you know, DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson both went over 100 yards against them in Week 2. Tim Patrick scored a touchdown last week as well. So based on the volume, I don't hate Keenan Allen. Same thing with Austin Eckler. I mean, his targets have been way up with Justin Herbert as the quarterback. Um, and... I think Hunter Henry, I mean, the targets have been you know, quite consistent for him as well. So I, I, I really don't hate any of the pass catchers here for the Chargers. And I will just throw Mike Evans' name out there because Chris Godwin expected to miss a couple of weeks. Scotty Miller is banged up. Justin Watson is banged up. Are they really going to throw the ball to Gronkowski again? I think just based on volume, Mike Evans is probably in play. It, I, I agree, except why in the world did he get two targets last week? Four targets, two catches. Oh, Two yes. touchdowns. <laughs> how, how did he catch two passes? I think it's probably game flow, right? They were like destroying Denver for the whole game, basically. Yeah. yeah. And they had a bunch Rock of short had, fields, too. Yeah. Yeah. Denver was turning the ball over. It was, a, I mean, it, it looked like that game was going way over after the first half, and then they just didn't score in the second half. Mike Evans probably won't be that highly owned. That is the lowest total on the board, 43 and a half. That's that one's something. going under, too. <laughs> I think the Chargers are just methodical. Yeah. They're going to be careful with Herbert in this spot. I think they'll dink and dunk to Allen on slants and, and, and Eckler out of the backfield. In DraftKings, I think both guys are firmly in play just because they're going to catch a ton of passes. And then I, I like Evans. I do think I would worry that if the Bucks get a lead here, that you would be in serious danger of any, any second half action. Right. Um, okay. Sunday night, Eagles at the 49ers. 49ers minus seven, the over-under is 45. Obviously, this is not the main slate, but for showdown purposes, we'll discuss it. What, uh, Carson Wentz, man, he stinks. I dropped him in a lot of leagues, uh, overnight waivers, and I would not play him even in the showdown slate. I'd rather play Nick Mullins or Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, like Zach Ertz and Miles Sanders, very good plays. Greg Ward, great value play, but I don't trust. Like, well, first off, 
we should be fair to Carson Wentz and say this is an awful situation with most of his offensive line hurt, most of his wide receivers hurt, and now his best tight end hurt. You know, if you want to get out of the doing the podcast, you can just rip Carson Wentz and Debo just won't invite you back. I, mean, I was just defending Carson. I, I know, I know. I'm saying if you do not do a very good job, if you want, um, no, but I, I agree. I don't, it's not fair for him. It's a bad spot for him. And this is even worse because the 49ers are, while without several players, they still have good defense. Yeah. This is just not the type of game that I'm generally playing on a showdown slate. Okay. It's not very exciting at all from a fantasy perspective. Just trying to figure out who is going to play in general. Like, is George Kittle going to be active? I mean, we'll know by the time um, the information comes out for the showdown slate. But if he's not, you know, I think Brandon Ayuk is probably in play. Just came off his the best game of his young rookie season. See what happens with the running backs. If there's no McKinnon, if there's no Mostert, then obviously Jeff Wilson is involved. He was used a ton in the red zone. They started to throw the ball to him last week as well. Miles Sanders, he touched on him. I think it's... It's kind of obvious. It just comes down to uh, what what the injury situations are for both teams. Yeah, that's a good point. In fact, this might even be. Yeah, go ahead. E, sorry. No, no, I was going to talk about something completely unrelated from this game because I was tired of it. No, in fact, I don't think it's appropriate to talk about it on a Wednesday going into a Thursday because there's so many people hurt from it that everything you say could end up being completely wrong. Uh, don't play Dallas Goddard. No, and, don't uh, do that. You got that one right. Um, so Lamar Jackson, Alvin Kamara, and Joe Mixon. You've got Andrews there for the stack and Logan Thomas on the other side for the comeback. Mm-hmm. Bengals defense paired with Joe Mixon for the stack. You can still play DeAndre Hopkins, Nikhil Harry, and Gabriel Davis, who had 80 yards last year with, last week with John Brown out. That's so a nice the Lamar play. Jackson stack works just fine. Okay. You had Kamara and Hopkins. Kamara and Hopkins. Okay. All right. And and a was a bunch of really Draft- terrible players. Was that FanDuel or DraftKings? That was DraftKings. Okay. We're calling a lineup with Gabriel Davis in it just fine. Yeah. <laughs> Listen. Oh, but that, that's all right, so see, but I think you make my point here. Because I think people will look at that lineup and say, okay, I can pivot off of this and go to Russ and Greg Olson or whatever you want to do. Or go Russ and Tyler Lockett, cheaper at tight end, and then you can end up like you could end up beefing up that other wide receiver spot. That's sort of my point, I guess. Okay. Okay. I thought I did a good job. I thought I'd get some accolades. I think you did a great job, but I, but I think the average person will be more inclined to play Dak, Russ, Kyler, or whoever, and beef up the wide receiver spot than to roll with Gabe Davis. Just 81 yards, four catches. I'm not saying that he's not good. I'm just saying you, you gotta, sometimes you gotta, you know, take your shirt off, walk down the hall, look in the mirror and say, am I playing Gabe Davis today? Uh, I'll, I'll, as soon as we get done here. <laughs> well, the, the test is true time. All right. Uh, Heath, uh, or Frank, any beer this week that you uh, tried? I was going to let Frank go first, but, uh, I went to, uh, Matthews Brewing on, uh, Saturday night. Great place wow. in, uh, Lake Worth. Sat outside. Um, had Florida hop juice. And, uh, Florida Haze, two of my favorite beers that they make. They're both fantastic if you ever see them in stores. So I am on the sour beer kick over yeah. the weekend. I mm. went to a beer garden. I had the Brooklyn Sour, the Brooklyn Bel Air Sour, uh, but a few other local things around here. KCBC, this is a brewery in Brooklyn. Birthday Zombie, fruited sour. Awesome. And then other half, I don't know if you guys have heard of it. It's pretty actually well known. Like they distribute around the country. Um, laid back sour peach mango IPA. Mm, excellent. I had, um, some, some New York beers actually over the weekend. I had a variety pack from uh, six point. Love six point. Yep. Six point's pretty popular out here. Uh, blue point, which is like deep in Long Island is yeah. pretty popular. They have a pinstripe pilsner for my Yankees fans out there. Mm. Hmm. Never invited back. Um, yeah. uh, I had some hop drop and roll from Noda in Charlotte. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Gold medal award winning IPA classic West Coast style. It's on sale now here everywhere. Oh, oh, you know what I had? Um, oh man. Oh God. No, I, I tried it and I'm drawing a blank on it. Oh my God. Uh, oh, I know. I went to. Uh, crafty brewing to meet some friends on Friday outdoors, socially distanced mask. Of course. Um, and in there I looked up and I said, Oh my God, they have bearded Iris from Nashville on tap. 
and uh, I got a uh, I can't remember their, whatever their num- whatever their normal IPAs, and I bought a double IPA to go. Uh, Bearded Iris, outstanding. If you haven't had it, I highly recommend. Outstanding. Yes, some of the best IPAs I've ever had. Okay, that's it. That's the show. Um, although I will point out that according to John Breach, ooh, and Paul Kaharski, Monday night looking like Steelers Titans. Let's just let's yep. Let's hope. Sounds so, great. All right, that's the show. Thanks for uh, joining us, Frank. Great first show, Keith. Always a pleasure. Talk to you guys next week. Okay. Picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.